Welcome to episode number 133 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. In this episode, our eighth episode in our Women in Civil Engineering series, I will be talking to civil engineer Miranda Patton, who is the Business Development Director at MNS Engineers. We're going to talk about a lot of things, including growing the engineering workforce, women in leadership, diversity in the workplace, STEM education, and also the future of public infrastructure in America. However, what I want to say about Miranda here is that she really is one of the calmest, kindest, and sincere podcast guests that I've had the pleasure of interviewing. I mean, in a world of craziness and fast-paced projects and billion-dollar projects, all kinds of stress and pressures on civil engineers, she has this demeanor about her that just kind of calms. I mean, I felt talking to her, she just calms you down. She talks about what's important. She talks about the people in civil engineering, and it's obvious that she wants to serve them. And so it was a real pleasure to talk with her. And I think you'll find, especially around this holiday season where you kind of get into that spirit of really caring for others, she was a, a perfect guest for this time of the year. And I do want to thank Jim Salvito, who's the president and CEO of MNS, for recommending Miranda for the Women in Civil Engineering series. Now, I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I am a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success, and I now travel the world helping engineers. And at the Engineering Management Institute, we've developed hundreds of free podcast episodes which you can find on our website at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and on iTunes and YouTube. So please utilize them. Before we get started, this is a free show and our sponsors help us keep it free. So please support them. And now I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode. A big thank you to EMI's newest podcast sponsor, CMBHR Consulting. A privately owned full service staffing and recruitment firm specializing in placing civil engineers, including structural, bridge, water resources, and stormwater. CMBHR Consulting is headquartered in Houston, Texas, with clients throughout the U.S. and globally. CMBHR Consulting connects their solutions with companies' problems. They pride themselves on building a firm with respect and trust, both for their clients and the excellent candidates they place through integrity, hard work, and honesty. I'll tell you more about our new sponsor, CMBHR Consulting, a little later on in the episode. Now, I also want to mention something. If you listen to the podcast at all, you're familiar with our Engineering Management Accelerator, which is our people skills course for engineering professionals. And we will run our next live session in mid-February, and you can find out the information at engineertomanager.com. That's engineertomanager.com. I'm excited to announce that also in the first quarter of 2020, we will be launching a sister course, the Project Management Accelerator. This will run very much the same as the EMA course, the same structure and delivery, because that's we found that to be successful, of course. However, we're going to deliver to you project management skills now. If you're a civil engineer and you have the technical background, which I'm assuming you do, now you can get the project management skills through our online course interactive online live course, and you can get the people skills through our EMA course. You have the PMA and the EMA, and we'll really help you to be a well-rounded professional. So there'll be more info and details coming on that soon, but I just wanted to kind of announce that we're very excited about it. 
We found a great trainer. I'm going to tell you more about her as well on an upcoming episode. And we're just excited to continue to help engineers succeed in 2020. Let's get into the interview here. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my guest to lead us into it. As a principal at MNS Engineers, Miranda Patton is an advocate for the engineering profession and municipal infrastructure. Miranda has engaged in many local civic efforts and spent countless hours working to advance key legislation and public policy in support of public infrastructure throughout California, as well as the community where she resides. And that's also one of the things that I really admired about Miranda is that civil engineering is a people profession. And if you can get involved in your own community as a civil engineer, there's nothing better than that. And she talks a lot about that, which is why I really enjoyed this interview, because that's what civil engineering is at the core. Now, her commitment to the profession is demonstrated by her nearly decade-long volunteer participation on the Ventura County Transportation Commission Citizens Transportation Advisory Committee, acting as a representative for the city of Camarillo. She also recently participated in a podcast series titled STEM Inspired Stories, which doesn't surprise me about her at all. And she does consider herself a public servant and has dedicated her career to improving the quality of life for those in her community. Sounds like a civil engineer to me. Let's jump right in. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now I'm excited to welcome Miranda Patton. Business Development Director at MNS Engineers, headquartered in Santa Barbara, to the podcast. Miranda, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Miranda, you have had an interesting career journey as a civil engineer. You started as an engineer and you're now in business development. Tell us a little bit about kind of your background, your career journey, and how you got to where you are today. In high school, actually, I went to an all-girls school. And we had a presentation from an engineer at Boeing who came to the school and talked to us about engineering as a potential career path. And I knew I was good in math and science, so I decided to go that path because I have a family that's kind of split between construction and the medical industry. And looking at anything with the body was always just an obstacle for me. Biology class was very hard. So I ended up going into hearing about engineering and then deciding that seems really targeted towards what I like to do. And then I actually declared my major prior to getting into school, which I know a lot of people don't follow that path, but I knew this was the way I wanted to go and I just stuck to it. I ended up going to Santa Clara University, um, spent about four years there and graduated with a BS in civil engineering. And uh, from that, I started my career at a local agency. I worked for the city of San Jose as an engineering intern and worked at their wastewater treatment plant, which was a really eye-opening experience for me in that I got to see the operation, the end, the end operation when the wastewater comes to the plant and how it's treated and processed and then discharged. And in the Bay Area, it's discharged into the Bay. That was all of the environmental impacts that are associated with that were part of what my role in the organization was at that time. So we would evaluate water quality and what was going on with the habitat and the ecology of the bay, in addition to treating the effluent. From that experience, I parlayed that and then ended up working with the city of Fremont, spent a few years there and worked in sort of a generalist type of role, worked on a lot of different types of projects for the city. And, you know, just so happened that I found my life partner, my husband, and 
he was given an opportunity to move to Southern California. And as part of that journey, I decided to join him and um, moved to Southern California and decided to dabble in the consulting side. And when I moved into the consulting sector, I started with MS and I've now been here for 15 years. During that process, I started off as a designer working on a variety of different projects, water, sewer, roadways, really navigated towards transportation and roadways. That's where I think I found my passion. I'm a very active person. I like to be out in the community. Bicycling is a huge part of my life and running is a big part of my life. So any opportunities where pedestrian and bicycle can interact, I sort of gravitated towards that. So that's where I started to shift my career. From that, I ended up helping the company open an office in Southern California in the Ventura County area. And we were able to grow our presence in that area having advocates within the company support me to grow into a role. They had me become the office manager. And so I was responsible for not only managing the office and managing projects, but I then also started to manage the preliminary marketing efforts. So I would write proposals, I would meet with clients, and there was value seen in that work. And I transitioned into our marketing and business development and gravitated towards this director position. I have a couple of big transitions there that I just want to dive into with a little bit. I think a lot of our listeners may have one of these transitions in their career going forward, and they may have to deal with that. One of them is the idea of going from the public sector into the private sector. Talk about what spurred that on. For me, it was the opportunity to continue doing the work that I enjoy doing, but to do it for a variety of different agencies. When I was at the city, I sort of got into a role where I was doing some of the same work year over year and managing the same programs year over year. And I felt that by going into the private sector, I would probably have some more opportunities to work on similar types of programs and projects for different agencies and the implementation of those projects. and share my knowledge and share my experience with these other agencies that might not have that internal in-house capability. Now, looking back on that, just as an overall career picture, do you feel that it was valuable for you starting out in the public agencies and, and transitioning into the private? Certainly. For the work that my firm does, MNS Engineers, we are targeted towards the public sector and we assist agencies with deliver of their capital projects. Having that knowledge of how public agencies deliver their projects, I feel was critical in making that leap into the private sector and working as a consultant, offering these services and support to these public agencies that may not have the staff, the in-house resources available. They may not have the experience delivering certain types of projects or programs and working in a consulting services sector you have an opportunity to really work on specialization in certain areas where you have interests. Like I was talking earlier about transportation and pedestrian and bicycle type improvements. Our company really likes to focus on these areas of specialty. We provide water, transportation, and government services. So we have people in-house that are, are specialized in these service areas and really bring a depth of experience and qualifications to agencies. And that was something that the private sector offered me in moving into this new role. So then you have another transition in your career, which is going from engineering to doing a business development role, which I think 
I know a lot of engineers are either scared of doing business development only because, you know, they're never taught those types of skills or they're just not comfortable with it. And it seems like it's something that would be difficult to do. And I'm sure it is in the beginning, like anything else. Talk about that. Is that something you wanted, something that came about for you? How did that happen? And what was your thought process and deciding on or thinking about? Because I'm sure you do less engineering, if any engineering at this point. I think for me, in terms of making that leap, it was a challenge. I was used to running projects and working on the design side. And and it's a total mind shift to go from working with a client one-on-one and having that project relationship to then let me have more conversations with this client and find out what projects they have coming up, introducing internal staff to these clients and making those connections and having them develop relationships. So for me, that was I scared? I wasn't scared so much as more trying to understand. Engineers like to have a lot of information. We like to study and evaluate and analyze. And I have a tendency to do that with things and and kind of going into the unknown. For me, that was the challenge of the position, but it was something I felt I could do because I had been prepared as an engineer and familiar with projects and could talk to other engineers in various positions throughout the state and various agencies throughout the state. I could talk to them about what their projects were and really recognize there were opportunities for my firm to be of support to them and to help them deliver their projects to their communities. That's awesome because I know it is scary in ways, but also sounds like it was a great opportunity for you, which is, I think, sometimes how opportunities come about in our careers. And, you know, we get in positions that may be a little. There's risks involved, of course, and potential rewards. So let's jump into a couple of points that I wanted to kind of throw at you here. And I know you're passionate about and you're interested in. Just talking about the engineering workforce in general and growing the engineering workforce. I know you have some thoughts on that. Maybe you can share them with us. We are in a situation where engineering, we have all of this infrastructure that is failing. And it's been in place for hundreds of years, and we're in a position in this country where it's time to invest in that infrastructure, make these improvements. And as part of that, we need to be bringing in a workforce that can deliver that. You know, in a blink of an eye, your career is, I feel like I'm in the blink of an eye and I'm 20 years in. (laughs) And I find myself reflecting on it more, the fact that I've probably got maybe another 20 years of this kind of level of work and effort. What am I doing to bring up that next generation? How are we cultivating that next generation to be the the next business development directors, the next engineering firm leaders, the next public works directors and policymakers? We're in a position right now as an industry to help drive that and to help fill that gap that we've had. We talk about programs with STEM. We talk about programs in college and just linking those and being invested and staying with them and bringing them into the industry. And I feel like there's been this gap that we've had in our industry where some of that hasn't happened. And I feel like now is a time where people are coming together and we're seeing focus on STEM or STEAM now that I'm hearing more of having these organizations I'm involved with a number of professional associations that then do outreach to these elementary, high school, college students to bring them into the future engineering workforce. No, that's great. And the reason I wanted to ask you about that is because I know that STEM events and 
getting involved with mentorship and different opportunities is something that you're passionate about, something that you're very involved in. And it obviously was something that inspired you, as you said earlier, to becoming an engineer in the STEM Visiteer School. I feel like a lot of engineers or civil engineers that I know, because they're so busy, they don't necessarily partake in STEM activities. They don't have the opportunity to, but it's nice to hear you say, it's kind of like in a sense, like our responsibility or something that we really need to do because it's affecting our whole industry. As busy as you might be with your projects, I think it's really important for all of our listeners to talk to your companies about how are we involved in STEM? If we are, great. I want to help out if I can. If we're not, can we get involved? Because it's one of those things, yeah, we might be really busy with our projects, but if we're not kind of cultivating the next generation of engineers, what are we doing for the future of our infrastructure, as Miranda said, but also our, you know, our industry. Right. One of the things that I've been blessed with, the privilege of, of is working with MS and having the opportunity to have access to a lot of professional organizations that I might not have had access to had I stayed in the traditional role that I was in as a design engineer. When you're in marketing and business development, you definitely have an opportunity to interact with a much more broad base of associations. And that's helped me to see some of where where the need is with STEM education, with bringing the next generation up and trying to create those opportunities within the organizations themselves. During National Engineers Week, for example, I work on a committee that's local to where I live and we reach out to all of the local schools and universities, and we offer scholarship programs. And part of that, we're interacting with the students, we're developing relationships, and we're cultivating relationships locally. That's great. And I think what I personally like about civil engineering is it's a very community-driven profession, of course. I mean, we're constantly working on projects that affect the citizens of the community every day. We're constantly out there working on teams. And it's obvious from your work that you get very engaged in the communities that you work in. And I feel like that's something that civil engineers as much as possible should do because, you know, when you're working on projects to serve that community and you get involved with that community, to me, from a career fulfillment standpoint, it's a really great thing. You're kind of like, you know, really engaged from being on your projects and being with the people in your community. Do you feel that way? If we're not doing that, then what are we here for? I feel like my purpose in life is to serve and to help better my community. And if I can do that by supporting youth in their journey, I love that. That's something that I'm very passionate and driven about. I also like the aspect of working with decision makers within the community and, and talking to them about issues that, are, that I have a, a particular passion for, and that's infrastructure. I know a lot of people don't want to sit around and talk to engineers about roadways and bridges and why we need to fix that water line, but it's something that I feel is adds value. It makes our lives better. It adds to the, our quality of life. And, and that's something that I feel with every ASC report card that is issued, and we see this grade that we are given declining, I feel like we are moving away from that quality of life that past generations strive for. We're at a position now in our history of making some big decisions for some of our infrastructure. You know, in California, we just passed some 
major transportation infrastructure programs. We've also passed some major water bond programs that are intended to invest in our state and in our local communities and to reinvigorate the infrastructure, innovate and bring in technology. And these things are exciting to me. I would like to see them expanded on a national platform. And certainly there are policy decisions that are being impacted in Washington, D.C., where a lot of us as engineers need to have a voice and need to talk about it and need to share our expertise and our knowledge about why these things are important and valuable and, and why it relates all the way back down to where we live. Let's jump into that topic a little bit more of infrastructure and policy, because that's something that you're passionate about, the future of the public infrastructure in America. You've done a lot of work from the policy side of things. And I feel like that's another area, kind of like the STEM area, where sometimes civil engineers don't necessarily get involved in. Maybe they're busy or they don't even understand it and don't understand how valuable it can be. We have covered it on quite a few episodes, but yes, it's easy to say, and everyone can tell from the ASC report card that the infrastructure in America is not doing so good. And there's things that need to be done, a lot of things that need to be done. But what can we do as civil engineers beyond just when a project does get funded and we work on the design plans and the specifications? What are other things that we can do ahead of that to help with getting the funding or getting things going in the right direction? So one of the things that I've been most proud about recently in my community, we have a couple of engineers that are local leaders. They have leadership positions on county boards. They have leadership positions in state office and such as assembly or the Senate. And then there's Congress also. I'd like to see more engineers advancing to roles that actually directly impact our infrastructure and to be involved in those committees on a statewide and national level that impact our infrastructure and provide input into policy that's being crafted and driven. And we were talking about this earlier where engineers aren't always best advocates or we're busy or we're not talking about it, but it's really something that we are the ones, if we're not talking about it, who's going to talk about it for us? And if we're not at the table with people making these decisions, then we're not contributing our knowledge and expertise and helping drive and craft some of that legislation and policy that's being made. Right. So if there's young civil engineers or really civil engineers of any experience level listening to this episode right now, saying to themselves, okay, I totally agree with you, Miranda, but I'm not sure what I can do to help. What are some like specific action steps that they can take to get involved at that level? Some of the things that I've done in my career is been involved with the American Society of Civil Engineers and being involved with the American Council of Engineering Companies. Both of those organizations have committees that are involved with legislative efforts. They do coordinated visits with various local elected leaders and statewide leaders and even national leaders. And they go and have conversations with local electeds to talk about policy, to talk about what are the issues in infrastructure, what are the issues in delivering capital projects, what are the issues with the private sector and the public sector, what are the things that are impacting our ability to deliver these projects, deliver them on time, on budget, with certain levels of innovation or technology. All of that, all of that is young people coming up can do actively 
right now, that's very simple. Just getting them engaged in an association that has some sort of advocacy role or grassroots organization to meet with local electeds. That is such a key part too. I can't tell you how many times I've had the opportunity to engage with even my local city council and them just knowing my face. They know when they see me that I'm there to talk about infrastructure. And I think that's a good way to start that conversation and start to have that seat at the table. Right. So it's about getting involved and whether you know it or not, you can get involved regardless of whatever age level or experience level you're at. So Miranda, before we jump into our end hot seat segment, I do want to just ask you, this episode is a part in our women in civil engineering series. We're trying to highlight different women leaders in the field. And you certainly are one. You've had success in your career. And you know, I know that it can be challenging for women in a field where there are more men than women. My wife's a civil engineer, so we've had conversations about this. And you've had success. So what can you share with maybe some of the women out there that are trying to become leaders in the field or are working their way up in their careers? Because, you know, it can be sometimes challenging and, and tough when you aren't surrounded by that much support. There are a couple of things that you can do to help with that. One of them is to have mentors and have people that you can go to and and seek advice and counsel when you're challenged with whatever challenges you might come across, whether you're the only female in a room, whether you're the only person of color in a room, maybe there's age, maybe any kind of scenario. I would say find a mentor. That's number one. Number two, I would say spend some time with some professional organizations, maybe some that are tailored towards specifically for women and or have committees that have diversity as a topic so that you can share experiences and come up with ways to talk about your experience in an open platform where you can seek counsel there too. So I think, especially if you can have an internal mentorship program inside your own company, a lot of companies do that nowadays. A lot of agencies do that where you have the opportunity to have a, a mentor to help you guide you in your career. And then also, I think the professional organizations that are out there, that's really a resource, really an untapped resource at times where you can get career advice, you can get some mentorship, you can talk with your peers. And I think that all of that is a value. And those were things that helped me in my career and helped me get through some challenging times, being able to pick up the phone and call a mentor and or share an experience maybe an organization where there may be a panel discussion or platform for you to have those conversations. That's great advice really for, I mean, anybody that is, when you surround yourself with people kind of in a similar situation or have gone through similar situations, they can always provide support to you, or it's always someone that's good to pick up the phone to be able to call. And I would definitely you know, recommend that to everyone in their careers and in different avenues. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come right back with Miranda and we're going to put her on the civil engineering hot seat. Civil engineering podcast. Civil engineering podcast. All right. Now we're going to put Miranda on the civil engineering hot seat. But before we do that, I would once again like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, CMBHR Consulting. CMBHR Consulting, the people people are a global executive search and consulting firm that specializes in diverse placements of engineering in the heavy civil and water resources industries. 
CMBHR Consulting provides a full-service menu of staffing solutions, including direct, contract, and temporary staffing. CMBHR Consulting is passionate and dedicated in providing you with highly skilled professionals well-matched to your needs. They have designed their HR consulting services with the small business in mind. However, they are scalable enough to also meet the needs of very large organizations. Since safety is first in the world of engineering, CMBHR Consulting only works with organizations who are safety-focused and have exceptional safety records. They have over 20 years of recruiting and human resources expertise, including talent search, skilled marketing, pre-employment, training and development, and onboarding, and a clear understanding of how each of these processes work. They have an engaging perspective, high energy and results-driven attitude. They understand the needs of organizations and the clients they work with and design strategies that fit. If you need help filling your open positions or help with getting your organization off the ground, visit their website at www.cmbhrconsulting.com. CMBHR Consulting is currently searching for a four to eight year experienced senior structural engineer and project engineer in San Francisco and a five year experienced civil engineer in Hartford, Connecticut. The San Francisco positions require an SE license, and the Hartford position requires a PE license. All right, we're back with Miranda Patton, Business Development Director at MNS Engineers. Miranda, you ready for the civil engineering hot seat? I am. First question, are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning routine or a lunchtime routine or something that you do consistently on a daily basis that contributes to your success? Being an engineer, I think there's just a certain mindset and you're very structured. And I'm definitely a very structured person. So it's sort of funny. My husband is not that way. And so, you know, for me, I do the same thing over routine, pattern. I love those things. Those are like my Bible. And my husband, he'll sometimes say something like, where's my wallet? Where'd I put my keys? And he's trying to find it. And I'm, mine is always in the same spot on the hook by the door, the, the purse on the table by the door. <laughs> so, certainly. Absolutely. So everything is routines for you. Right. Routine pattern. I like structure. I thrive in structure. And that's sort of how I model my practice and, and what I deliver. All right. Next question. What's one book that you might recommend to engineers or just one book in general that you found to be helpful for you in your professional or personal development? Like one that would just jump out at you. I mean, I know you've probably read a lot of books, but I think sometimes we have those books that we think about that we might go back to if you have one like that. I've been thinking about that particular question pretty often because I've got a five-year-old. So I spend quite a bit of time reading books to him these days. Good Night Construction Site, Mr. Digger. So that's been my repertoire for the last four years. And one of the things that I keep going back to, my son is five years old. He just started kindergarten this year. And, you know, there's the book, Everything I Learned, I Learned in Kindergarten. I think that there are some valuable lessons that we learned early on that we may have lost sight of. And they're still very prevalent and real in our life. And one of the, my son says to me quite a bit, and I say it back to him is, say it, write it, do it. And again, that goes back to me being structured. <laughs> if you say it, you're, you know, you're sort of setting your goal, you write it down, you're putting it on paper, 
you're committing to it and then you do it. And that's the action. Next question, just two left here. I'm sure you've had various managers throughout your career as an engineer in your place now, and you don't have to name any names here, but if you think of the managers you've had in your career, what are some of the things that jump to mind to when you think of your favorite manager or the great managers that you had? What are the characteristics or maybe the things that they've done that made you really like that person as a manager? All of them have been very good about that mentorship that we talked about earlier and providing guidance. They've been great listeners, great communicators. Those were some of the uh, characteristics. They've also been technically sound and, and have helped me identify ways where, where areas where I could improve. And they've also brought me with them. So as I've moved along in my career, I've also continued to have relationships with some of my former managers and have continued that going for 20 years. So those are some of the characteristics. Those are some of what made them great at what they did. Yeah. All right. Last question. We call this the civil engineering career elevator advice question. If you were to get into an elevator with a up and coming civil engineer, you had about 30 or 40 seconds to give him or her career advice. What would that career advice be? Follow your heart, follow your passion. I would also include something along the lines of, you know, you're responsible for your career. No one else is responsible for your career. So really take ownership of that and do those things that you want to do. And don't be afraid to take a risk and to do those things that you feel are core to who you are as a person. I know that sounds big and cliche, (laughs) but I feel like if you take this big message that I'm saying and focus it into what it is that you're trying to do in your life, you can find that path. You can find that avenue. And that's the advice I would get. Miranda Patton, Business Development Director, MNS Engineers. I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Miranda Patton. It really does, in my opinion, remind me at least of the importance of civil engineering, which is the citizens connecting with people, connecting with communities. And I was also reminded that in our recent episode with Philippa Jeffers, of course, she's building a road in Nepal to connect to communities. So that's the great thing about our profession. And I'm in this series and these guests are helping me to understand that and enjoy that even more. So thanks to Miranda and for all of our guests just for inspiring us over this last year. And I wish you, the listener, just a wonderful, happy holiday season with your family. We appreciate the support that you've provided us in growing this platform, and we hope to do important things with the platform in the future to help the civil engineering community as a whole. Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 133. There you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. And remember to check out our upcoming session of the Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop. This is People Skills Training for Young and Aspiring Engineering Managers. It starts in mid-February 2020. You can check out the details and get enrolled at engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com. And as I said earlier, we're launching a sister program, the Project Management Accelerator course, so that we can help engineering managers build both people and project management skills. More on that soon. Until next time, 
Happy holidays. I wish you all the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.